Hello and welcome to the I Am Woman Project, where every week we have deep thought-provoking and interesting conversations with thought leaders, change instigators, rule breakers and creative minds who think differently, sparking creativity and inspiration. Our special guests on our show cover a variety of topics just for you and they share their personal stories to inspire, motivate and empower you, our listener. The I Am Woman podcast is produced for your enjoyment and show notes are found at www.catherineplano.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. Today we have Danielle Beinstein for you who is a spiritual advisor, astrological counsellor, writer and meditation guide. Danielle is born and raised in New York City and offers a unique blend of East and West co-sensibility providing her clients with intuitive and pragmatic guidance as they navigate their life's journey. In this interview, we talk about being happy is more important than being right, and that the most important relationship we have is the one with ourselves, and that every person and experience is a teacher, if we allow it to be. We unpack judgment of self, the common catch cry, I don't want to be this person, when in actual fact, if you let go of self-judgment, you will find it easier to let go of all judgment. So it starts with you to love and accept who you are. Acceptance is one of the most important manifestations of love. We learn from our adversities and life is not a straight line. At different stages of our life, we are all going to face some sort of serious adversity whether we like it or not. The adversity will come when you least expect it, so knowing how to deal with it is key. So often we crave answers to the inexplicable, but much of life exists in the mystery, in the unknown. It's in surrendering and letting go. It's in knowing when to express determination and when to yield that we discover life in all its complexity and nuances. It's now time to zen out and tune into this inspirational human being. Enjoy. Well, we have a very special guest all the way from Los Angeles. We have Danielle Beinstein. Am I spelling it right or saying it right? Beinstein. 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 You got it. Okay. And as we were just saying, in case you hear all the noise in the background, it is pouring down in Melbourne today. So um, so we'll just have to bear with it, I guess. Um, Now, what we normally like to do, Danielle, is we love to get to know our women inspiration. So we'd love to understand a little bit more about you and um, maybe share your your own personal story with us. So what is your story? So what is my story? So I was born and raised in Manhattan in a very academic and achievement-oriented household and environment. And I was always interested in the deeper questions. I was always philosophical in nature. I kind of get that from my mother and always, my parents were always taking me to the theater, to museums. And so I fell in love with art, but I never really considered myself an artist. And what I was really 
interested in was people and human behavior. And that followed me through, um, all the way to college. Uh, I guess you guys call it university, right? But we call it college here. Um, where I studied philosophy, social history, and literature. And I was on the track to be in the media world. And I I did dive into that for about a decade. But the back of my, um, the back of my mind, I was always sort of, it was always pulling on me um, that there was something else I was supposed to be doing. And I'd started studying astrology on my own when I was 19, but just kind of uh, for fun in a way, but I kept with it and sort of secretly was studying it. And then at about the age of 29, I media for about a decade, I was like, this is, I was in a really toxic relationship. The relationship blew up in my face. And I just thought this isn't the, this is not where I'm supposed to be, or this is not the track I'm meant to keep headed. I'm not meant to stay on. And so I um, enrolled in a master's program in spiritual psychology and sort of shocked everybody in my life um, and studied for, I did a three-year program. And then I came out of that and I created a hybrid career for myself, essentially, um, using all my tools. And so I'm a psychological astrologer, I'm a meditation teacher, and I'm a writer. But my focus is always on uh, understanding human behavior, but at a deeper level, um, helping my clients come into self-acceptance. I love that. And mind you, we don't uh, come across spiritual psychology very often at all. So what exactly, talk us through that for our listeners in case they're sitting there being very curious, just like me, spiritual psychology, what kind of things do you cover? So spiritual psychology, it, it the lens is one of deep self-forgiveness. Um, it's also the idea that you know, so often, especially in America, we're quick to pathologize something, right? We, or someone, we label them as this, and then it becomes a life sentence. So from the spiritual lens, it's no, we have certain human experiences, and those experiences are meant to teach us really ultimately about love and acceptance. And it's about working through them. So we never feel like um, we're stuck in a pattern of behavior, for the rest Mm. of our life, which a lot of psychology um, leads us down that path. And it can be really damaging Mm. um, in terms of, especially when it comes to relationships, because, you know, patterns that play out in relationships are often seated in our childhood. So the more that we can come into understanding of them, uh, the more they begin to dissolve. But we really have to heal uh, our inner children. And that's really what spiritual psychology is about. It's about peeling back the layers of the onion to get to our loving essence and core. Mm, I love that. That's great. And I do agree that well, just from, um, from not saying that psychology is bad by all means, but it does tend to unpack. And sometimes just from what I've, um, I've heard of is sometimes it does get people stuck because they're constantly talking about their problem. It's not me. It's not uh, allowing them to see in a different light or help them move forward with uh, what they need to move forward with. Yeah. It's, it's not solution driven. Mm, yeah. Right. And also we can't heal, at least it's been my experience and the experience of pretty much everyone I know that you can't heal through analysis. Awareness is great, but 
cognitive tools that allow us to move through um, our issues, that's really the only way that we get to the other side. And so, you know, spiritual psychology is about providing those tools mm-hmm. and then employing them. Yeah, because, I mean, when you were talking about you know, our inner child, I mean, our inner child has been programmed in some way, shape and form, whether it's, you know, whether parent programming, our environment. And I think it's just a matter of if you can connect with that aspect of you and see it with a different set of eyes as who you are today, you can go through, like you were saying, a forgiveness process and an acceptance of what actually took place and what meaning does it give? do you give it to it today, which helps you move away from it. Exactly. And, and realizing that so many of the choices that, um, we've made come from the, the little girl or boy inside of us. And so once we recognize that it allows us to move through forgiveness because we develop compassion for ourselves. And then from that, we can mature fully into adulthood. Mm. And we, we so, uh, quite often get lost as to, uh, I've, I've, you know, with some of the people that I work with, they feel lost, uh, with where they're at in life and they just can't feel emotion. And, and I always, I always look at it as you're disconnected from your inner child because if you go back to your childhood, what gave you happiness? What gave you joy? What were you passionate about then? And if you can somehow bring it forward into today, it's, it's amazing. It's magic happens. One hundred percent. And so it's really a lot of my work is helping people find that access point back into themselves Mm. Um, and, again, peeling back the layers of conditioning and judgment and pain to get to that inner joy and resilience. And it's hard when you're saying judgment, you know, it's hard not to judge, is it? It's almost like our default position. We all label and we all, all judge. You know, I don't, I don't, I have to say that I, I don't know that I believe that nobody can judge. I think we all ju- judge in some way, shape or form, depending on, I guess, our programming, but it's hard not to judge. Agree. But I, what I, when I say judgment, I'm also referring to judgment of self. Yeah. So, so often we think, okay, um, I don't want to be this person. I don't want to be who I am because I exalt that person over there and I place them above myself. So I would rather be them. But in doing that, um, there's a self negation. Mm. And when that happens, um, you, you lose touch with your destiny, right? Because Mm. it's a very, it's very cheesy, but it's true. We can only be the best versions of ourselves. So true. Let's, right. yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. I, I was thinking too, um, you mentioned uh, acceptance before. And before we got on the show, we talked about acceptance. It's one of those things we don't talk a lot about. And I think that it's a common thing within women where they don't know how to accept themselves. And it was um, my experience of asking a question, who would you like to be? And they're always picking somebody else and not really seeking themselves as the person they want to be. Um, maybe talk us through acceptance and unpack that a little bit. Well, it's, you know, it's interesting because a lot of, a lot of times people think that, oh, if I accept myself, then I'll be boastful or I will be cocky. Um, I think you have something in Australia called the tall poppy syndrome. Is that right? Or that right? So there's this kind of fear, I think, underlying, um, 
the push towards self-acceptance because it, it's like, oh, well, if I accept myself, then I'm just going to be, um, then people aren't going to like me mm. or other people are going to judge me for accepting myself. We, we've made this tacit agreement that we have to knock ourselves in order to be liked by others or we, we feel we have to overcompensate. And so real true self-acceptance, there's this, um, core strength because it's not saying you're better than anybody else. It's not saying that you're worse than anybody else. It's just saying it's who you are. And usually it takes some bumps in the road to get to that place Mm, because, because, you know, we learn about ourselves through adversity. There's that saying, right? Smooth water's never made for a good sailor. Mm, Yeah. So, you know, so it's through the experience of life and through understanding and, you know, realizing that life is not a straight line, that perfection is a myth, Mm. that beauty is found in the complexity of the human experience, and that we're all these sort of contradictory beings, right? We're never just one thing. And we really sink into that. There's this real beauty. You know, it's interesting. The reason I've always loved literature is because if you read a novel, um, you know, a well-written novel gives you a window into the psyche of its characters, right? And we rarely judge those characters because we're given a window in. So we see, we have empathy for them. Mm. And yet we so often lack that same empathy for ourselves. Yeah. So I'm thinking too, as we're talking about acceptance, you hear it quite often, and especially now you see media and social media and so forth, um, that women tend to overshare. And there's this, you know how I was saying before that there's this comparison with one another and they're always seeking out outside of themselves with what they should be doing with their life or business or, or, or so forth. What are your thoughts about women oversharing information? Well, I think that's a very personal thing. Right. Because overshare, oversharing it, there's a spectrum. Mm. And so it's really, when I hear that word, I, the, I wonder what is that person seeking approval mm. or are they trying to expose their vulnerability in an effort to build connection? Yeah. You know, cause when I hear oversharing the way I hear it is, baked into that terminology is it's not the core authentic truth. It's an oversharing of the surface or the story. Mm. Because if we're really intimately exchanging, um, if we're in an intimate conversation with someone and we, we share our innermost truth, I never see that as oversharing. Mm. I think oversharing it, is more about um, is is often a result of not having developed intimacy with oneself because mm. you first need to develop intimacy with yourself in order to share it with another. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Because I do see that. I mean, I think we all seek validation, approval, acceptance yes. in some way, shape, or form. And I think it's you know when I look at it, it's probably we do that because we don't trust our own judgments, um, and we need others to validate what we believe in. Um, but you know, that goes back to, you know, however you want to interpret it. And I mean, for me, uh, 
with acceptance, it's very much because I actually didn't trust my own judgment and I needed somebody yeah. else's to collaborate to say, yes, it's okay to go ahead, Catherine. Right. It's not, it's not intimacy. It's not into me. See, right. Um, it's more, I'm sharing this because I, I need to know it's, I need to know it's okay. And I need approval or permission. It's amazing how often, um, even as adults, we women seek approval, but not even so much approval as permission. Mm, So true. So true. And and also how often we seek attention. I remember once upon a time I was in a relationship and I was always saying I was sick. I was like a hypochondriac. I was always something going wrong. Mm-hmm. But it's because I was seeking attention because I yep. was lacking self-worth. And so for me, I um, I was constantly looking for attention uh, because I didn't I didn't have it within me. Right. So that's how you manifested it. Mm-hmm. That was the secondary gain of being yeah. sick. Yeah, absolutely. Is that yeah, you got yeah. the attention. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. And kids will do that as well, you yeah. know. We all have coping mechanisms. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And that goes back to, you know, with anything that we do. Sometimes I've worked with individuals and once again, they won't give up a certain habit because of the secondary gain. Because yeah. that secondary gain is a got a stronger pull than actually going uh towards something completely new and different. Absolutely. I mean, I see that all the time. You know, I see consciously people say they want a relationship, but they actually um, would rather pine for the relationship than be in the work of having one. Mm, So true. That's a common one. Yeah. Danielle, I did want to ask you about fear because you mentioned fear before. How would you work through fear when fear presents? What's some of your your tips? Um. So a big thing for me with fear, so a big tool that I have that I use all the time, and it's it's one of my biggest recommendations, is writing, but not writing journaling, writing to release. So just writing and then ripping it up and burning it. Oh, wow. Um, or, or not burning it, but ripping it up and throwing it away. Mm-hmm. I don't want to promote pyromania of any kind, but just, you know, there's a, there's a kind of release that you can... Um, that you can experience. And, and so often I'll ask myself, well, what is this fear about, right? What is the fear? Cause some fear is validated. Is it, is it really a valid fear? Is it really the truth, right? Fear, false evidence, appealing real mm. or, and, and if I'm afraid what's on the other side of the fear. Mm. And so I tend to dialogue with my fear. I give it a voice. Right. And then I let it express itself. And then once it expresses itself, I'm not as, um, I'm not as beholden to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that false evidence appearing real. I say that all the time. When I have a certain fear that crops up, I was like, I always ask myself, is this real or is this a figment of my imagination? I just made it worse than what it really is. Yeah. And I, and I think it's, I think again, it's about creating a dialogue an internal dialogue. And I think that's how we come to understand ourselves. So I try never to see anything as a brick wall. I look at everything as a learning opportunity. So if I have a feeling that's coming up and that feeling is scary or overwhelming, I say, okay, what is this trying to teach me? What is this trying to tell me? Mm, and, I, and that's that's a good way of moving forward, isn't it? Like you, what, what can I learn from this? Yeah, because we're either 
um, learning or we are regressing. Mm. Yep, so true. Very true. So, Danielle, what are some of the radical shifts that you have gone through that has changed your life for the better? Uh, I would say a, a giant one is leaving behind the world that I was conditioned to be in. Uh, so law, for example, um, I, I never went to law school, but I was sort of on the track that, and, and I think often, I think the biggest shift for me was hearing my own voice. I, when I was 25 years old, I got a car and I moved to Los Angeles from New York city by myself. Mm -hmm. Um, pretty much knowing no one, I just had an intuitive hit and I followed it. And, you know, there are times to listen to reason times really just trust your gut. I'm a big believer in trusting your gut and intuition. And so I left behind a world. Um, and I think that created a radical shift, but the, probably the biggest radical shift I went through was actually about a year and three months ago. Now, uh, I had a near death experience. My car flipped four times on the one Oh one, which is a major highway, um, in Los Angeles. And I emerged from that a different person. Um, I became whatever fear I had dissolved because I had met, I essentially, I thought for sure I had died. And so when you go through that, it, it really eradicates, um, a lot of the things that hold you back because I thought, okay, well that would have been it. And I actually felt an enormous sense of peace at that moment. I wasn't afraid. I just thought, okay, this is it. I'm supposed to go. And when I woke up, I was disoriented, but I woke up feeling like a different person. Mm. This was a very metaphysical, um, very profound experience. I've just got goosebumps. There was another uh, woman of inspiration on our show, Gordana Bjarnat, and she talked about her accident when she was a little bit younger. And she said that same thing. She had this sense of peace. But as the car was flipping over and the glass was breaking, she could see almost rainbow-like uh, the yeah. glass was looking beautiful. And she had made peace knowing that this was the end for her as well. Yeah, it's deeply profound. I mean, I, I – left my body and saw myself flipping in the car and then, and then kind of uh, moving upward towards the light. And then I, I woke up, I don't know how many minutes later, um, but was thought I had, I had passed and I had then realized I hadn't. Um, and it was, it took a while to integrate the experience. I think I'm still on some level, but that was, by far the most radical shift. Oh, you're very blessed to be here today, that's for sure. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. So, Danielle, what would be some piece of advice that you would give somebody that would like to embark on a new path? I really think it's about taking it step by step, mm -hmm. really just taking one step forward and then trusting the next step is going to reveal itself after that step. That's really that's really, um, the answer, at least for me, I found is developing that trust, but
both in yourself or in myself, I should use our language, and in the universe. Mm. I like that because quite often we, we actually, we don't take those little steps. And I like the fact that something will show up as you're taking that step. It's all about action, isn't it, really? Right. And so it's, it, you know, the universe meets us at action. And so, okay, I take this step. I wait for feedback. Mm. I see how the world or I respond to that step I took. And then I decide the next step. You know, so often we think about planning so far in the future, but the magic happens when we're in the present mm. and we have that intention, but we follow, um, we follow sort of the, the yellow bricks in front of us. Mm. That's so true. And if we're open uh, to receiving feedback, the universe is always giving us signs, always, always. So that always. helps you stay on path and move forward, that's for sure. Always, yeah. always. And so I think it's how open are we willing to be. Yeah. And then I think it's it's being willing to be afraid and do it anyway. True. I love it's that. Not waiting, it's not waiting for the fear to go away. It's going, okay, this is scary and I'm going to do it anyway. Because mm. really when you do something that's so scary and there's, there's so many times I've experienced it myself, when I get through that, there's such an amount of courage. And, and I think yes. to myself, God, that wasn't that bad. And if anything, it builds confidence. And the, so every time, you know, I always look at people that are high performing people. I've, I've done a little bit of research around that. They're always seeking to feel uncomfortable. So they're always looking at stretching themselves. So they do, they do things that scare them a little bit all the time to help them, you know, conquer that fear all the time. But also it makes more more courageous. And, and deepens self-esteem. Yeah. Absolutely. So during your journey, what has been some of your greatest lessons that you have learned? Um, that I don't need to be right, mm -hmm. <laughs> that I don't, it's okay. You know, that um, learning about, honestly, learning about communication in a, in an intimate way, I was always um, highly academic. Uh, but when it came to actually voicing how I felt in relation to others, um, that's been a huge learning curve for me. Mm. Yeah. So the other thing that we love to ask our woman of inspiration is pain points. We all have pain points. What would be some of your biggest pain points and how do you work through them? Um, and pain points, you mean like insecurities yeah. or pain points in business, pain points in life. There could be insecurity. It could be, um, you know, some of the pain points I have in, in my business, for example, um, I outsource things that I can't do myself because it's, it's, you know, something like, um, social media or something like that, because it's a pain point for me because I don't really like it. Um, I personally, a pain point would be, um, not knowing how to say no. Right. Setting boundaries. Yeah. Um, so setting boundaries has certainly been one for me, but also I am really learning, um, about personal finance. I, that's been a huge learning curve for me taking responsibility for, um, my own financial acumen, um, and trusting that I can, um, create and manifest for myself without being dependent on anyone else. That, that was probably, um, that has been one of my biggest sources of pain and one that I have sort of recently got to some level of being on the other side of, but it's definitely a trigger point for me. Mm -hmm. No question. Um, 
And then, you know, I've had my own, I was, I was bullied, um, a lot when I was younger. So I, I'm sensitive to, uh, criticism in, in public. Um, not in, not feedback, but sort of, I can be, I can be very sensitive. And so learning how to receive feedback, um, gracefully and really taking that in, um, but I can be sensitive in that way. And, and sometimes criticism comes, you know, you, the way that I, I'm the, I'm the same as you, I'm very, very sensitive. And I think that sometimes there's times where I've had incidents and I just go, well, that's their perception and they're projecting yes. their perception onto me and I don't have to wear or I don't have to, wear, to accept it as my stuff. No, or, or my truth, but I try and listen and go, okay, is there something for me to learn here? Yeah. Is there a way for me to grow? Um, but you know, I think, I think we're always growing and we're always evolving and we're always learning, you know, and I, I, I'm very lucky. I have a, um, I have an excellent, um, a really loving and nurturing boyfriend who is, who really, um, I'm growing all the time with him. And so I feel like I'm, it's a really good mirror for me, mm. you know, in order to deepen my understanding of myself. And I was single for a very long time before meeting him. And so I, it, it's been an interesting journey because I spent so much time in solitude um, to really join, join lives with another human being. And mm. so that's been really rewarding but also um really interesting i'm the same i'm i was a single mom for 11 years before i let a relationship into my life and you know talk about conditioning we get conditioned in our own ways of doing things and then to allow somebody into your life i'm the same i've learned so much but it did take me a long time to um uh i guess let go of that freedom that i had and know that we had a life to share yeah, it's a it's a learning curve for mm. sure, you know, um, and and just being able to communicate about that. Yeah, you know, and communication and be about it. Yeah, communication is key with anything. I think if oh. you can always stand in your truth and actually just, you know, I don't understand. You know, sometimes. I mean, I've gone to conferences and I've got some friends and they'll, they'll explain to me some, um, you know, some of their personal things. And I'll say to them, why don't you share that with your partner or your wife? And they'll go, Oh, I would never do that. And I just think I would not want a relationship like that. I would want to be able to actually share everything with my husband, um, and not hold anything back. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't going to let a relationship in unless I could. And so I'm, 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 I tell him everything. Mm, same. I'm the same. You know, I just, it's a deeply intimate relationship. I really need that. But, you know, I feel I'm with you on that. Yeah, absolutely. So, Danielle, what do you think maybe one of the number one reasons or a reason that an individual would fail to succeed, uh, whether it's on business or in life? What do you think is that one roadblock? Not understanding that failure is part of success or seeing defeat where defeat isn't present. So basically a lack of grit or resilience. Mm. Yep. Yep. I like that. What's the best advice that you've ever received? Um, probably a mentor once said to me, he said, I could tell you you're brilliant 
I could tell you you're beautiful. I could, and you listed a series of praise. He goes, won't mean a thing if you don't believe it for yourself. No amount of external praise can make up for a lack of um, your internal self, self-worth. Mm, and self that was a radical shift. Oh, I like that. And when you talk about self-worth, that's another thing I think most of us struggle with. Really, yeah. it's it's amazing how often we sabotage ourselves or sabotage a, even a relationship. I, ca- I catch myself sabotaging my re- relationship all the time, but it's because I feel that I'm not worthy of this relationship. So then it's, yeah. it's then having to do that deep work. Yeah, and to know your own self-worth. I mean, I really feel like that's that's the key, right? Everything comes down to unworthiness and unlovability. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So the one thing that we love to do as we wrap up the show, Danielle, is to ask our woman of inspiration to pick one word that best describes her personal brand. What would be that one word for you? Self-acceptance or acceptance. I love that. Can I ask you, how long did it take you to get there? How much work? I mean, I'm still, I'm still getting there. You know, I think that it's, it's a journey. Um, but I did, I did take five years of my life and pretty much devote it to personal growth. That means, I mean, I really, I went to, I did this program, this master's program, and then I was a facilitator for two years. Um, in addition to that. So I, I spent a lot of time, um, really delving deep. Um, and it's, it's, it's always a process, right? I catch things here and then I go, Oh, okay. Um, but I think it's being willing to be on the journey. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Love that. And the other thing that we love to ask a woman of inspiration as we wrap up the show is to leave our listeners with three shiny golden nuggets. So what would you like to leave for our listeners today? Let's see. Um, well, first of all, that just because you're, here on the planet, you are worthy. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to be anything other than who you are. Is that what you mean by a golden nugget? Like that sort yeah, of saying? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just like little uh, either practical exercises or some like, yeah. you know, hot tips. Right. The other thing is that I think um, what a lot of women lack is sensual appreciation of their own body. So I think it can be really powerful to have a practice of, you know, getting out of the shower and putting oil all over your body, for Mm. example, or cream, just, you know, really taking that time to um, nourish and nurture yourself and really, you know, get acquainted with the body. I find, I find that's a really healing ritual. Mm. Um, So that's another thing. And then, really learning your breath. So breathing deep into the belly and developing a practice of meditation or breath awareness. Mm, I love that. And it, we just take that for granted, don't we? And quite we often do. you'll hear people, um, uh, a shallow br- uh, breathe, they sh- they shallow breathers, I think they're called, uh, where yes. they're actually not, they don't know how to bring it all the way down to their belly because they've yes. had to practice it. Yes. So I, I mean, a lot of what I teach is just is really breathing deep into the belly or even all the way down to the tops of the knees and really coming into oneself. Mm. It's it's also good. It releases endorphins, doesn't it? Makes you feel happy. Exactly. Exactly. So Danielle, where can our tribe find you? What's the best place to go to? 
Um, either my website, uh, www.daniellebeinstein.com or um, my Instagram handle, which is Danny Beinstein. So at D-A-N-I-B-E-I-N-S-T-E-I-N. And for our listeners, uh, Danielle also, she's a spiritual advisor, an astrologist, a writer. She does meditation, just a whole lot of stuff. So I really highly recommend have a look at her website. It's absolutely beautiful. And Danielle, thank you so much for your time, your energy and your wisdom. It was just wonderful to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me and stay dry over there in Melbourne. Yes, I know. We'll try. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. That brings us to the end of another episode. I hope you enjoyed the show as it is my mission to reach out and inspire as many individuals like you. And one of the best ways to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes. It's easy and it only takes about 10 seconds. And when you do, please be sure to let us know by sending us an email to collect your special gift where you have a choice from six guided meditations or an ebook to soothe your soul. Now, if you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katherineplano.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook at Catherine Plano. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Until next week, please take care of yourself.